Shit. They hire him because he reads it off the card. 
all the same. By the time you're president, you're an evil ass-kissing son of a bitch is really the basic point. What I'm trying to say here is we got to team up because until the right wing and the left wing get together, America's never going to fly, baby. That's all I'm saying. You see, we, we got new politics coming in, and real soon, in 10 years, it's not going to be Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative. In 10 years, the two parties are going to be people inside the dome who can breathe <laughs> and people outside the dome pounding on the fucking dome trying to get in. <laughs> it's going to be a democracy out there. And all that yuppie, love ya, baby, call me on my car phone shit isn't gonna matter very much when you're on all fours trying to wrestle a Mars bar out of a rat's mouth in an alley somewhere. What would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing that you did mattered? Now that sums it up for me. Those are just a few clips of my next guest on this wonderful 61st episode of the Super Awkward Funcast with me, L. Latham. And we're bringing it back to basics a little bit and bringing in a comic. Haven't seen one of those in a while on the show, so it's very exciting to have a very legendary comedian and comic and dramatic actor, as you have to do both nowadays. And you should anyway, because comedy and tragedy go together like peanut butter and jelly. All right, so thank you so much for listening, and let's welcome the incomparable Rick Overton. Good morning. Good morning. Here he is, everyone. This is Rick Overton. Good to talk to you. I haven't spoken to you. It's so funny. Uh, In, like, nine years. So that's... seems like a, yeah, you could have a lot of room you're gonna fit Kevin Bacon in ten times. There, so. <laughs> I actually had like a degree of Kevin Bacon once. Uh, oh, at, you did? Yeah, at the I.O. We go back, guys. I.O. West. We've talked oh, about it I. before. West, Poor I.O. West. <laughs> Sunset near Ibar. Yes, indeed. And now is just it just post. There's posters. I don't know if anything ever happened there. I haven't been there in a, in a minute. But the last time I checked, it was just posters all over the place. Well, you know, they get the competition, they get the UCB down the street, and suddenly everybody's going over to the UCB, and, you know, or uh, then they had Second City the other way down the street. Yeah. And Uh, Groundlings, not too far away. The competition was all starting to crowd around that Hollywood area. And then, like, towards the end, we had, like, the club next door that was just so fucking loud. The dance club that would have all the ballet space taken up, right? Exactly. And so... Uh, it's a brutal biz, you know? It is kind of like plant life, just all competing to get the sunlight. <laughs> Indeed. Well, um, what was I going to say about I.O.? <laughs> uh, it, I, I started out there. there. I had some of my best shows there, doing experimental fun things, because a crowd yeah. there sort of has an experimental mindset, you know? So they, and, and that I could also say the same for any time I did a show at UCB or anything else. You know, mm-hmm. it was like that crowd that goes to not just a regular comedy club, but sort of an improv setting. You have to have a different tuning in the way you look at things to give these moments leeway to pay off later for you. Yeah. You don't expect that joke, joke, joke like in a club. I remember now the, the, the Kevin Bacon thing. He was at a celebrity performance. 
and he was there and Elizabeth Banks was there as well. Um, but I didn't see either one of them. I just hung out outside looking in at Kevin Bacon like, no, I'm not ready for this yet. <laughs> I can meet some people, but I can't meet Kevin Bacon because I don't want to be one degree of, away from him. If it, if we're not like working it together, time. it doesn't count. <laughs> it, it'll come around again. It wasn't time. <laughs> it wasn't. But I have met, obviously, um, you <laughs> at the bar Um in November 2013. I don't remember exactly what date it is, but I know it's towards the end of the, the year, so we're right around that date of the anniversary, which is pretty crazy. Um, and I met you and obviously your wonderful friend Robin and Williams, obviously, guys. And then um, Kevin McDonald was also there from Kids in the Hall, and that's that was really special. That's right. He was doing some stand-up Yeah. back then. That's really cool. And then I didn't even see the show that night, actually. It was so funny. Um, the set list. And I know he performed. And I knew because everybody was crowding around watching. I know people were yeah, watching in, in the, in the he, bar. He crushed it. He was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I saw like a clip from Shane Hartline, uh, an old friend of mine. I wish I had kept up with everybody from IO. I wish I, I had tried harder to keep up with my teammates also from my you know, crews, my, my improv group that I was in. It was called The Source. It was pretty cool. I name. heard about The Source. Ah! Did you ever go to, uh, did you, how long, what year to what year was The Source? I have no idea. I cannot recall. I've never seen it on posters. Yeah, there were posters. This is true. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, we uh, did perform in a few so places. What, what formats did you do? What kind of stuff did you do? Oh man, we had a thing that we did. I can't remember what it was. It was called something. Uh, ah, that we learned, and I forgot what it was called. Uh, Herald, long form Herald. It was a Herald, but it was a, spe a, a specific type that was called something. It was like a, a method. No, I can't remember. I feel so bad that okay. I don't remember. But yeah, there's a, there's, it's branched away to become many different things, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then they got like commercials, a lot of them and everything, and they would get famous. Like a lot of the people that I knew from level one improv, like they ended up in TV shows and stuff like Echo Kellum and David Guntoli. Uh, and then also um, I, I improved with Nia Hill, Nia Renee Hill, who ended up married to uh, Bill Burr, who I met at an improv show because we had to go for homework <laughs> one night and uh, she brought him as her boyfriend so that oh, was a I really see, special uh, moment for me oh boy that's pretty cool yeah so i met a lot of great people at io and made a lot of connections that i wish i had kept and especially after the facebook group that we had like the ios skill book um we just i just got off of facebook and had to do away with a lot of connections unfortunately and also after the election the selection of 2016 a lot of people were just like i can't be around you because you didn't vote for her you know you voted for someone else and anyone you voted for was a, a vote against her and for donald trump as you recall i'm sure but <laughs> that's how it was yeah, viewed a lot uh, that's when people have uh, their alphabet is a to b right like, see, so you always hear people say, they cover the bases A to Z. I say, this person, he covers things A to B. That makes sense, yeah. Which means they have a narrow perspective. Exactly. They 
don't binary. have a broad one. They don't, yeah, it has to be either this or that. And that is, some people, it's not everyone that it all comes from trauma. But some mm-hmm. people, they have their own, the way they like lockdown is because they know from a trauma when they lock things down for themselves around the traumatic younger person's circumstance, that that somehow represented safety. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense on a psychological level. Um, yeah, a lot of people. So just... they go, they retreat to it. It's a safety retreat. It feels like you're in your tank mm-hmm. or you're in your your safe house. You know, a circumstantial safe house. And a lot of cognitive dissonance in that too, because we're dealing with two would be war criminals. I mean, he would have been a war criminal at that point. She was already a war criminal, so I was never going to vote for a war criminal. It's just, I already made the mistake. Well, of, that, that doesn't matter to... Yeah, that doesn't matter to them. The comfortable. Because they don't, know, they don't see it. it. They don't feel com- it. Because there are comfortable conservatives, so we can't say it's just liberals. Exactly, are, it's yeah. About, it's about comfort and the addiction of comfort and how all society and the woes of which crying out into the darkness will never reach your ears if you're comfortable and you got the you got the windows your double sealed weather windows closed you won't hear them anymore because it's about it's it's you know the the self-involvement movement of like the 1970s was the dagger in the heart of the 60s because mm. it turned everybody around from looking at each other to back to looking at themselves Excuse the, the airplane, by the way. Waves of narcissists could only logically follow after that. Sorry, there's That's an airplane here. What's that? There's an airplane here, of course. Okay. Well, I was going to say there's, there's <laughs> narcissists. Yeah. That can be from either side, either party. But the trait that bonds them, unites them, is the narcissist. Yeah. And the, <laughs> it's the people who don't bond with anyone else. They're mm-hmm. bonded by that like sharks they're not really team players but you'll see them glide past each other you know <laughs> that's as much respect as they show and uh, yeah. and people like that who are you know a narcissist is often a uh, you know they go hand in hand with sociopathy yeah and there are people kind of born like sociopaths but i think under other, you know, parallel universe circumstances raised by other hands, they that maybe dormant trait in them could remain so and not be activated by trauma. Mm-hmm. And they could be completely different people. It's a little late for a lot of people right now. I'd say this this is it for this ride. Yeah. You have to adjust to the knowledge of that, but let's try not to make that mistake anymore. Yeah. Catch it. Watch it being done to the young early. And so a lot of what's being done in our media right now is a sort of sociopathy training course. And it could be anything from ours. Remember when heroes would run into a burning building to rescue a total stranger? And now our superheroes, they crash through buildings to fight a bad guy. One bad guy, they'll go through someone's apartment the baby room and the crib and everything i just blast right through it because they got to kill some cartoon character and so it's training people to think in terms of monolithic mission success over collateral damage how many times do you see the new action heroes yeah uh, the, the boot em up action hero he'll uh, he'll stop a car and trap pull a gun out, get out of your car 
And the guy's like, but my, my mother's medicine. Get out of the car. Why? These gunmen are after me. That's why. And he'll take the guy's car and he'll drive it the wrong way through traffic on the freeway. So all these vans with seniors are flipping and hitting the railing and everything yeah. like that. It, they don't give a shit about anybody because the hero's got to get away from them. Oh, by the way, the government chase them down the wrong way on the freeway. And they start opening fire. And guess what? They miss. And all they do is hit everyone around him. Yeah. But that's okay because the hero's got to get away. Right. Yeah. And everyone calls him the hero. Action hero. Conflicted action hero. You know, and then, then you can watch shows that I always thought that Game of Thrones was Lord of the Rings if it was written by Golem. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's because it is no good people. And everyone will stab everyone else in the back. Sociopathic training. Yeah. And people say it's a guilty pleasure. And listen to their subconscious go. Thank you, subconscious. It just said you're you're guilty. That's right. Yeah. You're guilty of poisoning your spirit with thinking that that's how we treat each other. You know. Yeah. And so that's no no one likes hearing that. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's how they got us. They want it to be uncomfortable. So exactly. They never talk about it, and it just stays right where it is forever. You know, the, the at the very top of a pyramid, there aren't sides. I mean, even in the physics of it. Yeah. There's just one point. And that's where power is. It doesn't have any sides. It doesn't have any religions. True. It's, it, worships, it worships power. And then it just play acts everything from the... It trickles down from there. Yeah. I think it's thinning out. I think it's getting used up. Yeah. They're messing it up. I think a lot of people are more aware after the apocalypse. I call it the apocalypse, what happened in 2020, because I feel like that's the most apt description. Because a lot well, of people... Be an awakening. A lot of people were like, what the fuck after that? <laughs> like, And then they were like, you know, censored and shit. And they're like, what the fuck again? <laughs> like, what is going on? But then it became more obvious what was happening. And then the WEF and everything that came out from that... And how we—they've been like the new Bilderberg this whole time, like just waiting for, not even waiting, but like anticipating all these things and predicting all of these things because they know what's going to happen. Um, and you know, the conspiracy theories became like, you know, they're not theories anymore. Like none of them are theories. They're all these conspiracies happening, and it's obvious, and they're putting it in our face, like Event 201 and everything and the SPARS pandemic, all these fucking white papers and shit about pandemics or pandemics, sorry, I always say pandemic. oops, it's it's a Freudian slip, kind of like when well, you Fauci must be a, you must says be a, a real virus. Well, you must be a real Trump then, right? <laughs> right, yeah, that's we have to... Anybody, well, that's, once again, we're talking about how programmable people Yeah. People we, that we know to be smart in many, many, many ways have this gaping blind spot yes. somewhere and the experts go whoop and just load the, the virus right in there. And I, I lost a, a friend to COVID, I say, but not to the disease, but to the whole situation, the debate. <laughs> the debate. Yes, I lost them as a friend and a co-host because they were like a co-host basically for, of the show, funnily enough. And then when we got into it, after a couple of months of 
you know, talking about the coronavirus and everything when it was called that. Um, we, I started getting into like, lockdowns are bad, masks are not gonna work. And, you know, the, the government really wants us to, to be poor and shit. And they want to do a demolition of our economy. And he was like, no, that's not what happened. We're being, you know, sheltered. Like they're helping us, you know, and they're saving us. They want to help the people. Since when, dude? Like, dude was like all for like Trump blowing everything up. And all for, you know, giving it to Hillary Clinton and Biden and everything. And didn't want Biden to be president. Neither of us did. But, like, here we are. But, you know, like, all these things that he said before just, you know, out the window because of this whole thing. Which I totally told him, like, from the get-go was planned. And told him how. And showed him the sources for everything that I was saying. Because I don't just say shit. And it still ended up getting to him. And I don't even know if he's, like, turned it around, if it's, if it's different for him now. But I, like, tried to, to tell him, like, hey, I know I told you so and all. But, like, if we could just be friends again, that'd be cool. But he never, like, responded. So I guess he's still sore about it. But just to let that sort of thing, like, ruin your friendship of, like, many years is pretty crazy well maybe this was just the long-term long-awaited test it just didn't happen yet yeah and once again here we have comfort look at what comfort did once again yep and the masks didn't work invert well it can become an enemy in one split second yeah your comfort could flip on you especially if it's an addiction to the comfort and that's the thing because then addiction blinds the user to how much it is owned by it. And right. once you're owned by a thing or a circumstance, you'll be tripping over the rest of your life, stumbling. True. Well, yeah, it's a, oh, know our traits. If we know our traits, if we know our buttons. Yeah. It's very hard to be manipulated. I know what button you're hitting. I'm looking right at. Yeah. I'm watching you try. I've started to look at things I'm differently. I'm being manipulated. I'm watching you do something fucking sad. I feel like I'm more aware of, of human psychology now than I ever was because of this. So I think it's I'm a grateful. survival. It's for our survival. And it's, oh, well, where's your certificate? Real life, motherfucker. Yeah. I don't have to jump through your hoop. You don't know enough to give anybody a test. All right. So shut right. the fuck up. You know? Exactly. And I, I, I don't, that's why I don't give people tests. I just say what I think. Yeah. I don't pretend I know how to give the test, but don't, they don't give me no fucking test though, because they don't know. Mm hmm. That's the thing. And that's just about power. And yeah. And that's the psychology of when people are losing their shit, they got to find something else to control. The dollhouse effect. Yeah. You know, but it showed, what it did show us is some people, well, that's the level of respect you offer me well then maybe nature sorted some of this out on its own right <laughs> maybe this was supposed to happen and i was supposed to sort of know them because a lot of people we say we know we just sort of have that kind of workplace or classroom yes. level association with and those are like proximity friends you're stuck next to this yes. person every day hi hey it's like the neighbor factory. Hey, all right, what's that? Okay, well, let's let's do the intros and get it over. Even though you might not have much in common, and you wouldn't have chosen each other out of a you know 
a friend app or anything like that. <laughs> but real life, that's how real life works. True. Like and some so people surprise you. Negotiator in us. That's the ambassador, uh, right? I was just, I remember I was so fucking like happy to know that you were one of the, the chosen few to understand what the fuck is going on. And I was so happy to see that you were like like pro defeat the mandates and all of that. Like when I saw all your Twitter, I was like, oh my gosh, he's one of us. (laughs) He's one of the chosen few to like give that information and try to help society in some fucking way. I'm going to do my best, you know. It's yeah. like Jimmy Dore's really getting out there and saying it, and having been injured by it all himself. He has yeah. a position from which to speak uh, as his own experience. And, you know, from my experiences, um, I'm just uh, I'm not going to be doing any of that, and I, uh, I will respect whoever has gone and done it. Same. I will not. I will not show them any derision or anything like that. I won't mock them. No. I will... Uh, you know, I'll always offer my hand in friendship. If they were really abusive about it, yeah, I don't know that there's anything. I in certain circumstances, I don't know that there's anything to go back to. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, the embarrassing part is it took this many years to come to a realization. Oh my God, you're really like that. Yeah. And you're a toxic person, and it's like you don't really get to know certain people until you see them afraid. It's or true. In crisis. That's true. And then because then all the act they were bothering to put on for everybody else, there's no time for that shit now. They just go to real them. They yeah. Go, oh, okay. All righty. That's who they are at home. That's true. It's like that's what I've learned from the mess as well is that certain people react differently to situations that are put out there like on a map like it was like mainstream as fuck this whole thing so when i something goes mainstream i'm like huh it's like global hmm it makes me go hmm to see like the reaction be the same all over the globe that's not just coincidence i don't believe in that kind of coincidence that entire experiment has collapsed on itself oh for sure everybody involved you can see the backpedal yeah. Some of them are backpedaling. They're still trying to sell and, the boosters. Wait, by but... the way, that phrase doesn't apply to any modern bicycle except when you're right at the beach. There's no backpedal. You can't do it. You're just, right? you're going, <laughs> you're just spinning the pedals, but you're headed right for the wall. You're screwed. So I think a lot of them, they don't understand that they were also being used by something that viewed them as disposable. Yeah. And... The, their ego didn't let them see that they were just a layer in this and that they won't be invited to the rap party. <laughs> they are they, they are excluded and then they have the awkward position of having to turn around and face everybody that they just recently fucked. Right. Or told could be <laughs> fucked. And said, hey, you know, you're going to see, we are going to see a lot of the kind of shruggy shoulder, head down, but looking up, hey man, hey, hey, ho, ho, man, what they yeah. Am I okay? Can I walk back in? Is everything cool? But not, you know, but again, the ego, they have to, here's all the things I think someone has to face right now. They were really kind of brutal to others about it. Yeah. They have to, A, they have to admit that they were wrong, and that is a catastrophe for some people. I don't know why. <laughs> that, that was their only, you know, where, where modern man is not primal man. They have nothing to be proud of. And, uh, they don't have that sense of self, you know. The, the, with, 
and the, when they were abusive like this, and this is the human condition of, I'd say, the at least mid 20th century on to now. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of person who uh, can't admit they're wrong because your whole job is about you look like you're right. True. You have to have, if you're, you're not strong, you're not authoritative, at least you're correct. Oh, and you're not correct? Then what worth are you at on any level? And that whole thing about their worth was they had, that was their one weapon. I mean, right now, and this is not a normal level of wrong. This is supporting genocide level wrong. It is. And and you're admitting to not just a, a war crime, because it's not really a war, it's a world crime. It's a new category. I'm calling it world crime. That's good. And uh, it's I'm saying you were either unwitting party to it, which means you're never going to be right again. No one's listening to you about anything ever again. Uh, especially if you're prideful and you double down about it. Yeah. Because you have nowhere to go and you don't know what to do next because you, you didn't know how deep in your this is over your head right now. And some yeah. of them are doubling down now, which is fucking amazing. They're tripling down. <laughs> They're, it's like horrible on Twitter. Do whatever you can to keep it going. You gotta keep it going. So, and then the other thing is, the other big admission on top of they and they were so shitty about it. So How shitty. do you just hey after being so shitty? What do you say after that? Because they <laughs> were planning us not on us not being here. To like really, <laughs> they wanted us all to but, die. Daisy, but then the whole plan was I just wait this out and they aren't there. I'm shitty. I got away with it. Beautiful. Oops. Now you got it. This is the wah, 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 wah. of like all fucking time. It is it epic, is. biblical level wah, It's wah. even worse than the swine flu because that, that didn't even go this far. <laughs> like this was like way no. worse. This is, they, well, it was, you know. That was just the preliminary test. Yeah. This is the PSAT. And, this is the SAT. <laughs> and then here's the last big admission they don't want to do. They have to admit they did this to themselves. Yeah. And they are number one to themselves. Uh oh. <laughs> they never do anything bad to themselves and they just fuck to themselves royally. And but they but they live in that you know, Oprah says every morning you look in that mirror and you tell yourself nothing is gonna bring me down today. <laughs> I am gonna beat the odds and I am gonna come out on top. And <clears throat> they it's like the fool card in tarot where yeah. he doesn't even know the fall because he didn't look down because he walked right off the cliff so in, in in their terms they're thinking if i can just get on that exercise bike and just start walking and walking and just tell myself this isn't real i didn't do that to myself i live another day yeah but don't you dare shake that on me now don't you rattle that with your facts right <laughs> and study just hanging on by not looking at it Indeed. Well, that's the world we live in. That's sort of, you know... That's what I say, yeah. This is the world we live com- in. And that, again, is comfort. Comfort leads them to believe they can psych themselves into anything. And I think on some level that actually is true. They are just not candidates for it. Mm-hmm. They just had money to get them all those things. Yep. And it's crazy, like looking back even when it happened people were like okay so you wear a mask into a building into a restaurant perhaps 
and then you take it off when you sit down because you have to eat. And you don't have to worry about the virus getting in while you're eating. It's, it's going to be fine. So these rules made no sense to begin with, with the mandates, with the mask mandates specifically. Like, how does that square in people's minds? Like, oh yeah, this is totally legit. And we should be fearful, except when we eat, we're going to be fine. And then drink. Like, it's teleworship. It's so weird. I never did that, by the way. I could never reason with it. And I was like, I'm good without the mask that he was trying to give me. Like, picking up a fucking a pickup order at a restaurant for the first time in like Here's a long time. Teleworship. It doesn't have to do with these separate details. It's yeah. whatever the TV says next because it's, it's so weird. It's Simon just says, like they live. Well, you're watching the real zombie apocalypse is relatively rational. People who can drive cars and say, hi, honey, I'm home and all that shit. But the TV starts to talk and they just start to repeat what the TV says. Or the internet in some cases with the young kids. Or the internet in some cases that is the new TV. The new media, but yeah. I would say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so you see your, uh, a lot of people are, they were, parents are so busy they just ditched the kid in front of the, the old Zenith boot too because mom and dad had to work. Yep. And so kid were raised by TV so TV became the parent. Yeah. So when you the TV's got to be telling me the truth, it's mommy. Right. They're not Tell all going mommy. by the same script on every channel. That's not happening. <laughs> but that's you know a conversation between mom and dad. Yeah. And I wouldn't so, even put a child in front of a TV or a computer at this point. If I had a child, America, I would not until America like fifteen. Based on it. Yeah. Because last sixty but I feel like the propaganda has gotten even worse since when I was in front of a TV. But I think everybody probably feels that way about their childhood versus the next generation or whatever. Yeah, it's all perspective. Isn't it? it is very much a matter of perspective and how you view your own experiences and your own psyche. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm all right. Why, why, why wouldn't this person be okay? I was fine when I was watching the Oz at like eight year, nine years old or some shit. <laughs> Not nine, <Okay>. 15. <laughs> 15 I watching Oz. The first time I, I was sitting under a school desk waiting for a Cuban missile to hit. Just thinking, this is bullshit. Oh, I no remember Iraq. desk is going to stop a nuclear flash. Yeah, and then, then I remember, oh wait, remember like the perjury thing with Bill Clinton? And I was like in class being like, it's not about him having sex with someone. It's about the perjury. I was like in yeah. class trying to talk about it. Like, hey, this yeah, is law. Yes. This is important. <laughs> he lied under oath. God damn it. That's what well, I care about. Man. I don't care about his sex life. Oh, they probably punished you for being so smart. <laughs> I was like, I was like, as soon as I saw the books with the civics books in class, I was like, I am not a Republican, definitely not, and I am definitely not a Democrat. I am an independent forever. <laughs> like that was, I was a lifelong independent until I voted for Barack Obama, like an young. idiot. <laughs> Very young, you learned. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I was very exposed to politics at an early age, but I was smart enough to figure out 
that we were all getting fucked at that point. I just didn't know exactly the who was fucking us and how. And so, like, later on, I kind of figured it out with Barack Obama the hard way, where I was like, oh, I really voted for the wrong person. <laughs> he got a Nobel Peace Prize. And then he went and dropped a bunch of bombs on Muslim people, mainly Muslim people, in uh, the Middle East. You know, oh, just like Bush. <laughs> we didn't see that on TV. <laughs> right, yeah, but I de definitely heard about it. I just ignored it, like all these other people <laughs> ignore things that they don't want to see. So I followed him on Twitter, and I was like, I'm following Barack Obama, but not stalking him, just following him on Twitter. I deleted uh, that recently. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that one, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember when no, Twitter started. No, no, there's no need to just set yourself up for Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> matter. You did it for nothing. Yeah. And then, like, but I can admit when I'm wrong, though. I can look back and, like, be that's, like, that's also, Bernie Sanders, right? another fucking rope-a-dope. I got fucked over so many times voting for these fucking assholes. And, you know, getting nothing in return and losing money in the process with Bernie. But I want my $100 back. <laughs> I give you yeah, $100, not just 27 <laughs> I want my money back, too. God damn. And then we had the fraud lawsuit and that went nowhere. And then they like made them out to be crazy people on Twitter for a long time. I remember them being the, one of the first accounts to really be suspended for not having the right kind of thoughts on Twitter was um, Jared, uh, Jared, whatever his last name is. I forgot, but Jared from one of the lawyers from the case from the DNC fraud lawsuit. Which, you know, then you have like the Seth Rich thing and the Sean Lucas thing and everything just got really crazy. And then the Pizzagate thing happened, which was actually Pedogate, but then it got called Pizzagate. So then they could do the pizza, Comet, com com whatever it called, something pizza place in D.C., uh, Comet Pizza, something Comet Pizza. And then they like had that PSYOP happen. The worst thing that ever happened to the powerful was Epstein Island revelation. Yeah. I think that was a huge pinhole in their balloon yep. right there yep and i i've been deflating ever since they can't patch it up yeah i covered that the whole time and on my podcast i i tried to bring up all these these issues and stuff and and really get all this awareness out there about all of this stuff going on especially also the thing that you don't really hear a lot about which is the one mdb scandal uh, regarding which actually had something to do with Barack Obama because funds were given to him from this fund that was from the people of Malaysia who were fucked over by their government in a money laundering scheme which ended up also involving the Wolf of Wall Street movie which <laughs> was 100 million dollars of that money oh my uh, God. with the stepson of the guy involved move. who has actually yeah. been um, convicted um, the prime minister of Malaysia. It's it's insane. Like all this stuff, and then that had Goldman Sachs in it, and the FBI, and everybody. Like in many countries, like twelve countries were involved in this whole scandal. And then we've got this dude who's still on the loose, which is um, John, John, John Joe Low, Joe Joe Low. That sounds wrong, but his name is Low, <laughs> and. Uh, he is talked about in this book called Billion Dollar Whale, 
which is all about the scandal and everything. I have to promote that because it's by these two Wall Street journalists that did a lot of research into it. And it involves like all these different celebrities and shit who were just roped into like these parties with Joe Lowe. I think it's Joe Lowe. I think that's right. J-H-O-L-O-W. And he is on the run right now. And he's under, he has a lot of um, conv- uh, charges against him. And then we have another trial with um, the guy, the prime minister, Najib Razak. Is that it? Uh, Najib Razak. Um, and so it's a, it's ongoing and it involves so many different countries and, and organizations. So it's just another reminder that there's so much going on that doesn't really get mainstream um you know, coverage and even coverage in the, in the media. And it's sad to see that a lot of people just kind of ignored some of these big world problems um, that I I was lucky, lucky to get into an Adnan Khashoggi and Donald Trump's connection. I got into that on this on this podcast. I've done a lot on this podcast that doesn't get seen or or downloaded as much as others. But I've been, you know, doing a lot since 2013 when it started, which was basically as, well, it wasn't even 2013, it was like 2012 or something. But I started it as like a web show on YouTube, <laughs> like just me and a spider, like literally like I saw a spider in the first episode. It was called Random Thoughts with L. Latham. So this just shows you how things can change so much over time. Because that turned into a live show that I did at like uh, a venue that doesn't exist anymore called the Middle Theater. And that was in Hollywood. And I would do a show there a couple of times. And then I think I did it like three or four times. And then I had to, to move it to I.O. because I didn't have that venue anymore because it, it went bankrupt or whatever. And my friend was involved in that and I felt bad for that. And then I went to I.O. and I did a show. And then I did another show at I.O. Uh, on a Christmas kind of time. Um, it was like during break, but not Christmas yet. And that was supposed to be like a bringer. Like I was not bringer, but like have a whole lot of people so I wouldn't have to pay for it. But I didn't have to pay for it anyway, which was nice of, of Grace, of James Grace, who, yeah, I'm mentioning. <laughs> and, uh and I dealt with him personally, but I never dealt with him personally in the way that was alleged against him, which is what happened at iOS, where they were kind of me tooed a little bit out of existence in that respect um, as well. But I did have those two shows and they were really fun. And then after the live shows, I decided to continue on in the radio form with the podcast. And then I always told myself like, then the next stop is TV, but now TV sucks. so. Fuck that. <laughs> TV is... You want to get on TV, TV in the 90s. That, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we have given too much fealty to, yes. even though I work for it. People go, hey, what are you saying, man? You work for TV. Yeah, I do acting. We call it fiction. Right. We admit it's fucking fiction. I agree. Okay? So, I always wanted to be on TV different. as an actor. Oh, I did extra work. I remember that was the closest thing. <laughs> That's how old I am. Wow, yeah. Um, that was, he was like one of the old ones, the old guard. Granddaddy of, uh, you know, grand, one of the granddaddies of good, good, solid TV. He helped 
bringing into Vietnam War. And even then, I hate to be a bearer about news, but I am that sometimes. Even then, he was like invited to um, the uh, Bohemian Grove and had like a bungalow and shit. So <laughs> you never know with these people's, you know, what's going on behind. Well, so, you know, you, I, I wonder how many of them get in there and just realize they're in over their head. Be quiet. And get out. I hope that's what happened with Jimmy Buffett because he went to like the 2012 one. So I don't know exactly what happened there. Yeah, I think you get invited and you you can't afford to say no. Yeah. And it's very easy to make anything happen for anyone. So you just never know. And you go. They need entertainment, though. You they know, need entertainment. I, I don't think everyone's the same. And I hope. I don't either. Yeah. I hope I'm right, but I, you could be absolutely right about it all. I, I don't really know much about it. So I don't know. I don't I know any more than, than the list I've I've read, which may or may not be the complete attendance list, list. I don't just assume. Like people who assume, like people who've been on the flight to you know, the island <laughs> with uh, Jeffrey yeah. Epstein, all are pedophiles. No, no, no. Calm down. <laughs> they're not all pedophiles. Like, yeah, I think some people, they, get, they, they, they didn't know what they were getting into and they only found out when they landed on the island. Yeah, I think that about Chris Tucker. I kind of feel bad for him that he was like put in that position where he's like with Bill Clinton and fucking Kevin Spacey on a flight. That didn't look good. And it then says, at first, <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. Yeah, for an AIDS thing, it's it's fine. It's charity. It's all good. But you know, there was stuff going on behind the scenes. Laughs. Yeah, that's what you see, and then what you don't see is the shit that comes up later, and your name is attached oh, yeah. to it. But at least he's not in the book. So there's some people who are in the book. You're like, hmm. Like Courtney Love, there's some shit going on with her there. I don't know exactly what. But her father had a lot of allegations against her, which were pretty crazy. I don't know what their relationship is. Probably not very good. <laughs> but uh. it was it was a lot. And I don't even be- know what I believe in regards to, you know, um, her husband and everything. Like that happened there with uh, Cobain. Kurt Cobain because that was right. all very strange as well and she had a lot to, oh, uh-huh. to say and do oh. in that situation but at least she's a good uh, actor so that's cool for her uh, yeah. glad she found her niche <laughs> we all need a niche um, so yeah if you're nicheless you, you have no purpose um, <laughs> but, but that's me. <laughs> okay, then I was gonna say like um, that I've done extra work, and I was like looking at your resume again, and I noticed that you were in a couple episodes of, <clears throat> excuse me, The Office, and what was the other one? I can't remember that I've been in. Hold on, uh, it was a movie, Dinner for Schmucks. Oh yeah, you were definitely in Dinner for Schmucks, and um, I was the guy. I was with not. <laughs> With the beard. You were. That sculpted beard guy. Yeah. That was me. You really I, stood uh, out. <laughs> Lou, Lou Lazar's genius sculpting. That was his brilliant work. Uh, hair master. And, awesome. Uh, and uh, beard master. And he uh, gave me a wonderful gift. He gave me a, a he gave me that that wonderful beard. And Roy Scheider's hairpiece, which I wore for the coat. That's awesome. Oh, That's a lovely that. thing. I have. It's just sitting there. It's huh. got the case all locked up. It's right there, and uh, I'm, uh, you know, getting ready to do the 
go get an audition one day when they drop these mandates, get out there, pop that wig on. Right? Oh my gosh, the mandates pissed me off so much as a former SAG fucking member and had to like not pay my dues for the first time in ever <laughs> because of this fucking mandate. I just cannot support vaccine mandates in any way, shape, or form. I'd be a hypocrite to do so also with how outspoken I've been. So I was like, y'all need to get rid of them or I'm not coming back. I'm just... And it's, you know, not really their loss, but it's not really not my loss either. I'm just losing, like, all the propaganda that they put on TV and yeah. stuff. Like, Look, I won't have to read no, it all, watch it all. There is no gig. Let's just put it that way. There is no separate job that's yeah. worth doing it. Yeah. And then, uh, no I was going to say that, like, uh that I was in Dinner for Schmucks, but I'm not actually in Dinner for Schmucks because that's one of my own, one of my few uh, extra gigs where I don't appear at all, but I am there. You just can't see me. The camera is not on me. It is on Paul and um, Paul Rudd and uh, Jermaine, what is his name? Jermaine Clement. And uh, they are, yeah. yeah, they're doing their little, uh, art gallery scene with the painting and I remember I said uh, when he said the line um, what does this painting make you think of or whatever he said I said it makes me think of your uh, snake penis snake penis and then he said in one of the takes Paul said snake penis and I'm like He's, he used my line look at that to my scene partner in, in the shot and then I guess he heard me at some point because we were very close <laughs> i was very close to him but not on camera and then he's he does the next take and then he says it makes me think of your penis and i was like oh, okay he changed it because he heard me <laughs> so i did get that that was a really cool moment in that uh movie yeah, where he should, used my line in, you should tap hardly into the writer's guild <laughs> yeah i was just like that's what it looks like snake penis <laughs> and it did <laughs> But they didn't say that. Uh, 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 I was 08. It was too obvious. I was on the nose there. But he was like, ah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> that is true. Uh, you, got, you get him to laugh, funny fella. God bless. Yeah, and so that was really fun. And then, then Office was really fun. I loved working on that show. Some, some of my favorite moments were on that show. Like, just with the cast they were so fun and then with the extras we were all just having a blast we had like a hockey scene that we did where rain wilson was like acting up as dwight and then we had like the shareholders meeting episode which is literally called that where i was one of the shareholders that was really cool i didn't really get any i didn't get a lot of um camera action but like i did have a lot of fun on the set and I do miss extra work a lot because you get to learn on the set and, and see people in their element and you get to improvise sometimes yourself. And I would do that a lot. And I would like give myself backstories and stuff because I'm an actual actor. And I would be like, okay, I have cancer on Hawthorne, you know, and I'm going into surgery and blah, blah, blah. I just got the news from, this, from my doctor. And I'm in the background, like crying my eyes out as the patient. <clears throat> that was so fun. And then I'm on the gurney, I'm like really crying because I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels so real. <laughs> like I'm actually going in for a CAT scan and stuff. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like right next to Michael Vartan. <laughs> so I really had a lot of fun. Like people say shit about being extra or whatever, but you treated pretty well. Even non-union, which like, was most of it. Did you like uh, Gervais doing the series extras? 
Yeah, I love that show. That's one of my favorites. Me too. Oh, Mine too. It's awesome. It's Did very you see Bowie? Bowie realistic. writes a song for him? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, do you do me and yourself a favor. When we're done, uh, go watch the YouTube of Bowie meets Gervais. Okay. And uh, it's as his character, and uh, it's oh it's, yeah. You know the way he just absorbs humiliation. I might have seen it, but so I, it's been a, was the a long time. opposite of Michael from The Office. You know, this is now where he gets nothing but humiliation. Oh and, yeah. Uh, so it's it's um, it's hilarious. And then drop me a note when you saw it. Oh yeah, and I watched The Office, the original as well. So I don't want you to think that I've only watched the the U.S. version because that's not true. Um, oh, sure, sure. I yeah, enjoyed you know, the you can't have a lead Tim and Don. To be that kind of mean, shitty guy. People won't get behind it. So Michael here is more like he's yeah, you know, exactly. He has neuroses. David and he's was insane. <laughs> But it's a diff- It's almost more self-effacing here to be acceptable. You yeah. can't just be a right bastard in America and be a lead. Every time they try it, it goes down. Yeah. But England loves it. They love yeah. bastards. I, I love it too. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, I grew up watching a lot of English shows, you know, on other channels <laughs> with my family and everything. We watched Absolutely Fabulous a lot. My mother and family yeah. and I. Myself. You can't pull that off in America. No. <laughs> Alcoholic dysfunctional moms in America. Forget about. It. No. They would try and fail. <laughs> they. they oh my gosh. Have you seen coupling? Oh my gosh. The first coupling, like the original coupling, is great. But they did it in the U.S. and it was so sad. <laughs> it's like a knockoff <laughs> of Friends, and it's already like a thing that's close to Friends, but they made it even more frenzy. That than it needed to be, and it was just like so awkward to watch. That's why it didn't last, of course. It's not England. Yeah, and sometimes you something hits. The Office hit because I think Ricky was involved. Because they switched. They, yes, but because they switched the demeanor for Michael, it would not work with the Gervais lead here. Yeah, yeah. Same they tried a little bit. You might not remember Buffalo Bill, but there was another series called Buffalo Bill where the driver was just a. He's a prick. Uh-huh. He's the lead. And they're, you know... Well, then there's House, who's a prick, but he's not too much of a prick. He's weirdly charming, and he has things wrong with him. It's all, but he's got the thing with the leg, you know? But he's a sympathetic prick. He's a good one. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you gotta be sympathetic. You gotta have, yeah, like, trauma right or something. Right on the edge. It's right on the edge. And then Breaking Bad, Heisenberg, and, like, you know... Walter White. But you see it. You see, it's just because of his wife, and he's trying to do. Yes, right. there's always a reason, you know. Yeah. It's so funny how people deep, sympathize. He bastardifies him, and whereas in UK, there's no such thing. He's just a bastard. Yeah, it's it's funny how people sympathize with these characters, fictional characters, more than actual people sometimes <laughs> nowadays, and then they go after people for saying one thing that yeah. they didn't like, or doing one thing that they didn't like. Yeah, right. On both sides, obviously. So, like, the thing that comes to mind on the right side is, like, the kneeling. Like, who gives a shit if somebody kneels at a thing? Like, I do not care. Why are you taking that as an offense? It's, uh, yeah. Why does everything have to yeah. be offensive to someone? Like, it's just chill. You know, this this show, I was just listening to the second episode of my show, which is a little narcissistic, but I was listening to it and, like, listening to how many 
inappropriate things I've said <laughs> in this show. And I just have no right to say anything to anyone about a joke that was too far or whatever. Because I, I went too far as a character, which people don't know, that I used to play a character on the show. Like, I'm not actually this much of an asshole in the very beginning of the show. But that was my character. It was kind of like a spawning of, like... Well, like a spinoff of a character that I did for a very niche <laughs> show that was on YouTube for a little while. Not a real show show, but like a new media show with uh, my friend Dan Angle called Angle TV, where we did like kind of a, a rip a riff on like uh, TMZ and like it was like a TMZ kind of show. But I was like an asshole intern um, in that show or just kind of stupid sometimes and not knowing what to say. So this was like that times a million on my show where I would just because it's called super awkward it's awkward it's gonna be awkward I'm gonna say shit and I said shit about Asians I was like I was just like you know improvising <laughs> you know like I'm gonna get some Asians on the show <laughs> like more Asians because I have an Asian guest I'm gonna get more Asians and I was like oh my gosh that's hilarious but today people would be like oh my gosh she has a quota for <laughs> shut up <laughs> it's a joke well, a joke. we uh, we live in that cancel culture PC world, but I'll tell you, and I think everyone's noticing it, is yeah. that that dog has caught its own tail. It chased it too long, it got it, now it's eating itself. Yeah. And soon it's not. It's <laughs> going to either let go of the tail or the dog will be gone. So, because they're going to burn it out. They're going to burn this out. And I feel like they, they've done they're, this They're killing everybody. It's almost like before. Worst enemy is getting them to overdo everything. Yeah. On purpose to destroy every last single move by making exactly. them nuts. And now Over it's like hard to watch a movie. Petty, nitpick nuts. The comedy movies now, or something that pretends to be sort of comedic, is just not it anymore. Like they don't go anywhere sometimes. The mainstream I'm talking about, not indie. Indie is still good. And any horror is pretty good right now, I have to say. But the the way that people are just like stepping over, like trying not to step on anyone's toes and like or stepping on eggshells, trying not to offend anyone, it just comes off really sad. <laughs> like I'm watching like a Netflix kind of comedy or whatever, you know, whatever they're doing. And I'm like, these are not good jokes. <laughs> like, why are they trying so hard not to offend people? It's so obvious when you're not trying so hard not to offend people. You have to explain your joke. Like, why? Don't don't ever explain a joke, please. Just tell me the joke. Yeah, it's gonna. Every single one of these movements is going to cook itself. It's true. And, that's and I think it has before. Every one of them has a valid set of core roots to it. It Do you... was based on abuse to a, a, a marginalized group. Mm -hmm. And coming out of marginalization, they're being encouraged to overstep to look crazy so it'll kill the movement. You know, yeah. it's like sometimes you got to watch who's telling you how far you should go. Because if you sure. don't factor in the capability, the ability of another group to listen at all, you're going to miss your, your, your exit. You're not, they're not, it won't be successful. You'll use a lot of energy. You won't get what you wanted back for it. And you'll come up with all the wrong conclusions as to why that happened. Yeah. Do you remember the 90s? And the, obviously you do, probably. But um, Married with Children and the whole hubbub yeah, that they had. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on the show. It's yeah. Do you remember, like, the, the controversy that surrounded, like, the the 
the stuff like the misogynistic nature of the show uh, and everything. I remember uh, that, and they made fun of it on the show, which was really funny. But yeah. yeah, like that that this isn't new is what I'm saying. It's like it'll come and go eventually. <laughs> it just comes and goes in waves and everything. Even in 2013, when I sh- when I uh, was doing that making those jokes or whatever even on the first episode by the way i said the n-word as um paula dean on the first episode of my podcast and uh, that's the first and last time i've ever said it i don't think that one you know it's also about choosing your battles it was but i was in character if it's it's looking like well but it's as someone who's bad with these things i think Certain things now, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I understand that. It'll always be quicksand. It, nature doesn't care whether you realize it or not. You're going to step in the quicksand, and if there's no one around, you're going in. Oh, there was people, and, but like they were on the the other side of it, so it was very an, awkward. Look, there's an understandable <laughs> response to it. There was, and I was like, under, I they understood it as well. Yeah, but that was part of the joke. Is like they're supposed to be uncomfortable, and and we have this back it. and forth and everything. You got to know your bullet. Sometimes you have. And to context is key. <laughs> but yeah, you can't expect them. To, you can't expect. You can't them expect them. Nothing. I know. Yeah, but I'm glad that I have like a, a like. I don't have to get too far into whatever's going on that I forget the past. So I have the past as a document of what has happened on the podcast and in, you know, life since then and how these things do come back and the the offense is still there in 2013. It was still there in 2016. It was still there in 2018 because I have tweets for, like about cancel culture in 2018. So this shit is not really new. It's just being weaponized against us more now, I believe. I, I agree. I think that is it, and so there's there's ways we can sort of not exacerbate that. Not I agree. Every problem is is designed to be fought by doing the exact opposite in its face the entire. Time. I agree, and not I don't problem. do that anymore. Just to be fair, to be clear, that's, I don't do that shit anymore. That's the lesson <laughs> right there. You got that one. You, you're way ahead. It of was a lesson don't, learned, and it was learned in 2013. <laughs> it was learned before all know. of this shit, <laughs> and I never did it again. And I toned it down, my character, over the years. And now I don't even play a character. I'm just myself. Well, know who you're picking a fight with. And don't just artificially pick a fight with everything and everyone. And I think that can be learned on both sides of the spectrum as well. Every single side start of the spectrum. Start with you. Yeah. You can't it, start with them. Exactly. That's Self-improvement is most important, I believe. Because I've it. improved you myself learned, over the years as well. The example, they will learn from your example. I totally agree. And I, I take that. Um, to heart, actually, because I've been improving myself for the last few years and making myself the best possible self I can be because I do have an asshole for a father, so I know I have the genetics to be that way, but I want to be different. I want to be better, and I think everybody should strive to be better than what they are because you can always be better. You can always be worse also, and you need to choose better because it will be better in the long run for everybody involved. That's right. And you get more... With honey, then you get with, I don't know, what is the other thing that they do say? Do you want a world full of enemies? Yeah, do you want to be hated everywhere? What if you make a really good enemy? Right, and, and then really they really fuck you over. Enemy. Yeah, Yeah, and they did it for nothing. They did it because you just thought that's how it's done. Yeah. And you can't blame them for naturally responding to what you thought 
This is the enemy button. When you push this, you can't blame me after that. And it's a matter of perspective. It goes back to the perspective. You see things differently because you're in your body than other people see things. But it's right, good exactly. to have a subjective stance on things in your own life or an objective stance um, to make sure that you're not too narcissistic, you're not too self-involved, that you can't see what you've done wrong and make it better and fix it. And apologize and fix it. God damn it! Just evol evolve, everybody. That's the lesson. And that's not, Keep not evolving. Just get work on us. Yeah, everybody you know, individually, obviously. <laughs> I know we're looking for someone to copy, rather than looking to be someone to copy. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, like be your own best example of of humanity. I guess. Just be your best. Yeah, be your best. And then, yeah. try to do better. And don't just make it a hashtag. Just make it a part of your life, for real. You know, do you don't announce it all the time. Yeah, don't virtue signal. Just be it. Yeah. Well, the more you be it, the less you have to say it. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah, existence. What is your existence? Mm -hmm. Also, I wanted to say because we did, I did play some clips of you in the beginning that you don't know about, but like from back in the day, uh, an evening with improv, uh, an e evening at the improv, I think it was called. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, old hey, school. The improv. We just lost dear Bud Friedman. He was mm. ninety. He had a stroke, but he was still alive up until the age of ninety with a stroke for several years, and I just think that is That's amazing. Kirk Douglas, Iron Man kind of shit, right there. There you He's go. Tough. Longevity. He's a tough, tough fella. It's good for him. Yeah, there's an example for you. And uh, he created the comedy boom with Evening at the Improv because all the unknown guys that weren't able to really nail it or get on Johnny Carson, you didn't exist if you weren't on Carson yeah. until. Bud created a second way to get on TV. That's awesome. And that created the most because then all the, who's that other guy I just saw? We should make, we should get him out here. We should make a club and then bring these guys out. And then the clubs all started to build. That's so great. Well, I really appreciated your stand-up because it, it's very relevant also to today and you know the political sphere that we're in now. With you know, you were saying like you know that that there are people pressing the buttons for the, something like that, uh, for the president, uh -huh. you know, the president's not choosing all of these things that are happening. It's oh, somebody yeah, else yeah, maneuvering was, them. That was already, I was talking about that stuff and already I was getting locked out of all late night TV yeah. <laughs> completely with my, with my act, but, but A&E and Bud Friedman, they had, they didn't have that distinction. They let me do it. That's so, so I got great. away with loads of very edgy stuff because it wasn't on the main networks. Yeah, another guy who died uh, recently was Mort Saul. He lived a good long time, yes. too. And he was a, such an inspiration yes. to me. What a hero. What a great guy. Lovely fella. I knew him. Yeah. Used to go hang out in Mill Valley at the 114 yeah. Rockmorton Theater. And uh, what a special place that is. And he was working up until a certain amount of time until he was on the decline. That's but. Right. But he did, he did it, he put it in all those hours, and I'm very appreciative of all of his wonderful contributions to the world of comedy. Oh, and he also didn't have uh, fealty to just one side. Yeah. And he saw all as being corrupt and bad. He like Carlin, very yeah. Hip, just like George, that's right. Good old Carlin. I grew up with Carlin, too, because he was like this oh, old God. sage in my view because I was a child <laughs> so I, I watched all of this stuff that I could perfect great yeah well, 
my in my generation we did our version of that as well. Yeah, I think Robert it's... Klein and uh, yeah, Jonathan Winters. And, uh, yeah, I know you love him. He was very yeah, inspirational. Yeah, Richard Pryor. Pryor was like I'd say Carlin. He would take a 10k lamp and he would aim it out the window at the rest of the world. And what's this over here? And what's that over there? And yeah. lighten it right. Uh, 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 whereas Richard Pryor, he would aim the lamp at himself. Yeah. He would in illuminate what's going on for the human condition and the, the, the weird things we do. Yeah. And I think when you put these two heroes together, it's like looking looking at all the things that made this happen. That's why I'll have sometimes a, a psychological try to figure out the mechanics of what made people do this or that. Because that, it'll keep happening until we figure that part out. Yeah. Like it has been so long. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know why it happens. It keeps being a mystery over and over and over. Right? Mystery. Mystery. You ever see like a, a, like a clip from a network or some other, you know, just very apt description of society at one point or another? Um, and then people like in the comments or whatever on the YouTube video, the clip, they will say like, oh, this is still relevant 30 years later or 40 years later. It's like, yeah, there's, there's a point to that. Like that's... Because no one listened, because people just kept doing the same thing. And so now we're well, in the same pl place that we were yeah. before. Right. Yeah, it's a, uh, a situation where, once again, comfort overlaps it and you forget to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. True. I just want to get on the sofa and play a video game or something. Oh, make the world go away. Yeah, just do the things. Give give us the things to to distract us. Give us the iPhone. Give us the the um, Nintendo, whatever the fuck. <laughs> give us the games. You yeah. know the the yeah. VR. You know, virtual reality yeah. is better than reality. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the metaverse. <laughs> the metaverse, right? Let's uh, just live there. It'll be fine. <laughs> no poverty in the metaverse. <laughs> You have your coins, right? Exactly. <laughs> your rations for the day. Goodness me. That's right. Yeah, it was just uh, like uh, that South Park episode where he's just sitting playing the game for 24 hours, just shitting into a pan his mother has to bring <laughs> and everything. Cartman or something like that. Yeah. And that was like a, a weirdly telling look at what's, what's going on. Because... Humans are good when yeah. we're not completely misled. And we can create things very well. We've done we're pretty well at that. Builders. Innovators. We were very, very thorough slaves. They gave us all these this range of abilities. Yep. <sighs> well, it'll get better. You know, that's and you can't leave it all up to us. It's knowing that there's lots of other people doing lots of this too. So you don't pressure yourself to the point where you. You broke yourself because you thought it was all on your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Knowing there's millions of other people all around the world, they get it. You make your little contribution, you do your best, you hope for the best, and that you have permission to breathe. Yeah. And the people I meet in real life are way more normal than the people online that are talking. So, and how many of those are actual people is up to, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many, so. 
I mean, we know it's probably like 75% bots. <laughs> anyway. That's what, uh, that's what Elon Musk was... Uh, oh, yeah, he'll save everyone, though. <laughs> he's he's oh, our hero. Yeah. <laughs> I'll oh, trust Musk. In Musk we trust. In Musk we trust. I'm, I'm going to name uh, that. That's this episode. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> I always have to have uh, a catchy title. You know, and look, I have no idea if he's actually just intentionally destroying Twitter because money doesn't mean anything so that because too much truth was getting out on there and it got out of control I'm not saying that necessarily no I'm just saying I'm just saying that he's not doing everything to keep it afloat either so and I don't think he's benevolent (laughs) I think he's not as benevolent as the media portrays yeah that's convenient the any media (laughs) I think that these people these sums of money only matter to us Mm-hmm. They don't matter to them. They're supposed to well, only matter to us because they're just numbers to them. They don't really mean anything. Ultimately, the, the, money the doesn't money. mean anything because right. they can do whatever they want anyway. They already have the power. That, we gave it to them. That's it. It's past money. It's beyond money. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. Let's see if he turns it around. But I don't see that, you know, he's supposed to be the young dude to talk to the other young dudes. <laughs> that didn't work out. It's a memester. For younger generation, send out Musk. <laughs> Indeed. And then he works on the other side. So you can go back and forth, hating him, liking him, hating him, liking him. Which is sure, great. Sure, sure. Those are the perfect figures for, for them. Wrestling. They can use them like for everything. Just never anything to rely on. It's not nothing ever locks down and stable. Yep. Always always worrying when will good turn bad always wait for a shoe to drop as everyone lives in that sort of shoulders up tension Mm -hmm. the opposite of comfort and let's not you know let's not worry about the fact that he wants there to be financial services on twitter and to be more like paypal which is totally going down the drain right now and for various reasons that he should be against what a great way (laughs) destroy all of it yeah Money. Clever. Yeah. yeah. Make it look like I went, whoops, I tried. When the whole point was to kill it. Yep. But I'm not saying that's necessarily what's no. happening. I suppose we'll have to wait and It's see. alleged. <laughs> it's alleged. alleged. That's right. I'm going to come up with, if I have a stand-up special, it'll be called Alleged. I've decided. Oh, Alleged. That's yes. Right. It rained a little bit here. It did that the last podcast that I was on. Maybe I should call people more often on the podcast so I can get some rain. <laughs> That's so weird. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. That's how you do it. Okay. saying we need it. Let me fix this drought. It did that recent downpour didn't do shit. Right? It didn't do anything. It's not supposed to, though. Roaring thunderous <laughs> flooding every one of our streets didn't fill the reservoirs. I think that's by, you know, design, but yeah. Right. You gotta keep having these droughts for some reason. I know the oh, reason, yeah. but <laughs> don't want to say it. Shortages. about shortages. And then give it all to Nestle yeah. when they ask for it. Fear. The water. <laughs> They're fear addicts. They yeah. get someone who was addicted to your fear the happiest day of their life when they got you addicted to your fear. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep making it, like getting the cow to make more milk. Speaking of more milk, I did see, because I was looking into your resume, again, doing my research as a researcher, and I saw that Willow has a sequel 
So there's a sequel coming out in 2022, 2023, whatever it is. But it's completed, allegedly, according to IMDb. And uh, Warwick Davis is back in it. And I just, I noticed that he was like 17 when he did the first movie. He did look very young there. And then this was like way before Leprechaun, which is where I knew him from originally <laughs> as the Leprechaun. And then eventually I knew him from like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was Marvin, which is one of my favorite characters of all time. And um, anyway, I, I noticed that there, there was uh, that whole thing going on on Disney. I think it's Disney Plus, right? And so I wanted to see if you knew anything about what was going on with that series. Well, I just saw the trailer for it. I'm anxious to see it. Yeah. See what happens next. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to not mention that. It does seem like a lot of different characters than before. I will say also that I thought it was pretty brilliant that there were like 225 to 240, if I'm going by the right numbers on IMDb, little people in the casting call, uh, or the biggest casting call that they've ever had, and the most amount of little people, the biggest amount of little people, (laughs) it's hard to say, on the set on Willow. And I noticed that when I was watching. I was like, wow, I don't know if they would do that today. I don't know if they would get that many people. I don't know. They say they want to represent everybody, but I don't know if they would. It's premiering soon. I have no idea. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But I did love your role in it. I thought you were really funny. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, and I, I love I love your point of view, and I love talking to you, and it's really fun, and I would love to talk to you again in the future. I think you have a lot of we'll great things to say. And I, I really thank appreciate you. you being on, and thanks for staying an extra 11 minutes, and uh, have a good day. Oh, <laughs> you the same. I, I'll have a good day. Thanks again. This is a good talk. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's the show. Thank you guys for listening and being there. If you've been here a while, I really appreciate it. And uh, check out, I forgot to get like his links and stuff, but I'll get that and I'll put it in the chat, the chat, in the show notes. So you guys can go see what he's doing. And I do, I do have his link for his special that I didn't mention on I Feel Bad About, but set list. And I wanted to talk about set list more, but there was just so much to talk about. So in the future hopefully he'll come on again and we can do it again but thank you again for listening and i hope you all have a great day and a great weekend uh rest of the weekend because it is sunday now and well the upcoming weekend because it's going to be uh, very further into the week when i post this so uh thank you again for listening and you know support comedy support indie media support local comedy uh support the people who are still doing the things they have to do despite all the obstacles that we face so um we can all get along it is possible or at least be you know decent to each other just be decent start with decency be decent to yourself love yourself but not too much because there is a limit and uh be kind to others and maybe some good will befall you some good luck will will come your way and it probably isn't luck it probably is just you know you put good out there you get good back probably maybe i hope so but anyway that's it 
Stay tuned for the radio play next month in December. And um, bye.